Welcome to my Authentic You podcast, where your emotional and spiritual health matters. What's going on, guys? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Usually, um, Renee and I talk about how hot it is in sunny Florida, but today I'm in a sweater because Florida decided to do a, a quick 76, which... <laughs> We had low 50s. We had low 50s overnight. the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hold on. Before you talk, I got to introduce you. Okay. For the for the folks that don't know who you are. Let's do it. Because can you believe it? Some people don't know who you are. I do believe it. And if you, because you need to know this man if you don't know. His name is uh, Kevin Joseph Hockenberry, throwing the middle name in there. Mm-hmm. Am I? And if you know my last name, I am Stacy Gina Hockenberry. So guess what that makes us? Joseph and Gina? <laughs> oh married married either that or brother and sister no that's <clears throat> gross not. no 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 so i have my husband on the pod past yeah pastor chef father friend mm-hmm. hockenberry in Phil- the building philadelphia sports fan oh i forgot that mm-hmm. philadelphia sports fan i do have you in the building but you brought something else in the building what did i bring I don't know because it looks like a pile of like trap. Oh, this! <laughs> what, I just like that? having a little something next to me sometimes. This okay. is um, uh, an ATAT. Okay. From Star Wars, this is my favorite vehicle in all of Star Wars lore. Vehicle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who drives that? A snowtrooper. Well, it depends on the setting. What what like what planet they're on and what environment they're on. But in the Battle of Hoth from Empire Strikes Back. Um, it would have been a, like a snowtrooper. <clears throat> Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. What's the percentage you think of people really would be interested in Star Wars, like facts and conversation? I don't know. It's not for everyone. And I know that. Really? But for those of us that it is for, it's fantastic. What's that game you love to play? My Star Wars game? Yeah. Like Galaxy of Heroes, I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's on my phone. Is that a popular game? It is for me. I don't know how many people play it, but I'm in like a guild. I mean, I got 50 people in my guild and we like, we do raids and missions and stuff. <laughs> Can you talk to these people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talk all the time. Do you, have, do you have friends? You know what's funny? The guild that I'm in is called, uh, it's like Guild for Jesus or something. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't look, I didn't go looking for this. <laughs> I was looking for a good guild with like, you know, like high credentials and stuff. And I was like, oh, look at this one. <laughs> And like they have uh, a verse from Ephesians, like get plastered on as their logo. And like a lot of the guys in there, they have like Christian names. Like one guy's, um, his name is Pastor Nader. <laughs> no, um, it's not. I promise you. And then there's another guy called John for Jesus. Oh. Yeah. God bless you guys. Yeah. So it's cool. So it's like all, it's like, it seems like all Christian people. What's your name? K. Kivan. It just sounds like a cool, like, Jedi name. <laughs> Wait a second. K Kivan. K Kivan. No, what? no, you don't say it like with a Jamaican accent. <laughs> it's like no, 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 K Kivan. <laughs> it's just K Kivan. That has a little Caribbean flair to it. Uh, you know, I did grow up in South Florida. Okay. Shout out to South Florida. Broward County, baby. Broward County to all our Jamaican friends. Mm-hmm. We love them. Speaking of Jamaican friends, I'm just randomly talking about this. We are like dying for some food around this place, like a place to serve us lunch. That's not the same two things. And I requested from the Lord, a Jamaican beef patty spot. Really? Yes. That I, was your request you put in. 
Yeah, well, like Caribbean food, but okay. like a Jamaican beef patty spot where you can walk up to the window. Do you remember that? In in Sunrise, Deep Side. Yeah. Well, there was Charlie's. Remember Charlie's down in Broward County? That was uh, really good. I don't remember. But you would walk up to the the counter, like mm-hmm. in New York City, I need a slice mm-hmm. and they'll give it to you. Well, you can order the Jamaican beef patty and a cola, cola champagne. Yeah, our friend Lejeune, she's uh, our resident Jamaican. She found a spot. So she knows a spot. She does know the mm-hmm. spot. Just like 20 minutes from here. She actually texted me yesterday about some food that she tried out. I think it was Mofongo. She said, I found a spot that serves Mofongo, and I think you'd... At a Jamaican restaurant? No, no, no. Oh, she went okay. to like a Mofongo restaurant, like okay. a Puerto Rican restaurant or something. Yeah, there's no shortage of those here. There's no short. Shout out to Orlando and to all the Boricuas in the building. Renee, we need a pa 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 button. I literally keep saying this. We have one. It's Every there. week. We have a pom pom. Yeah, but she doesn't know where it's at, so she went accidentally hit like crickets. You know what? Hit hit something. Hit a no. button. You don't hit a button. <laughs> I'm, it's the bottom left button. Bottom left. Just hit it. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. We're not programmed. We're not okay, programmed. we're not programmed. Okay, it. story of my life. <clears throat> All right, I have a kid Kevon the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're Jedi gonna, Master. Jedi Master. Would you like me to call you Jedi Master for the rest of the pod? i'm getting a no from our producer okay so So no (laughs) well she's uh what is it notorious red that was the name that was given to her years ago by her husband really yeah and then i was stace dog well you've been stace dog forever i've been stace dog well my og name was tutu i know that you do know that Mm -hmm. well you didn't know tutu no because tutu came to jesus yeah and you told me oh yeah my nickname is dutu i'm like yeah we're not, we're not doing that that didn't happen um but my nickname was dutu everyone used to call me dutu did you know that's news to, uh, to me all right so i'm looking at renee over here um before jesus my name was dutu and after jesus i fully accepted my my name stace dog stace <laughs> stacy gina so anyway we got kevin in the building um pastor authentic church we are in a sermon series uh called monster we are we are but before we we talk about that i do want to ask a question what is the most interesting thing that you did this week but hold on can you answer that without mentioning anything phillies Oh, for sure. Because he's a, you're a Phillies fan, for those of you that need. Yeah, you, know. you said something interesting. Something yeah, like I mean, if you had said like what was like some of the highlights of your week, that would be harder. <laughs> okay. Uh, our water heater broke at the house, so yeah. my nephew, who's a plumber, came over, helped me change out the water heater yesterday. That's yes. interesting, I guess. You want something else? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've gotten to the gym almost every day this week. Nice. Getting swole. Trying. Yeah, you, you, you came up to me yesterday. How's my back? Yeah. Touch my back. What's it look like? My back and my shoulders are coming in really nice right now. <laughs> Got a long way to go on everything else, but yeah. All right. Cool. Um, all right. So we've got the Monster Series. And if you um, attend Authentic Church or watch us online at My Authentic Church on our YouTube channel, we have three seasons. This is uh, either we're pressing pause or stopping it right now. This would potentially is the last season of Monster. The first season it um, was what's re- lurking in your relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, second one was what's lurking in you. And then this one is what's lurking in the church. And we have four monsters. Last session, I talked about uh, the siren. I preached that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is a good monster. And then this week, 
you introduce the second monster, which is what? Skeleton. The skeleton. Tell us about the skeleton. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going to three and four. No. We're going to stop right Do there? Do we have... Oh, no. Th- no. That, those are surprises. <coughs> Got it. This Sunday, I, pr- I introduced the third, the third monster, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, and then the fourth monster. That monster is nasty. We're supposed to do the last one together, like tag team yeah. preach. Yep. Yeah. There is a chance though, if the Phillies are in the world series, I may make a quick trip. We haven't talked about this yet, but we could talk about this later. All right, off, that's off why air. I already wrote the fuck. Oh, I can't. I almost, I almost Ooh. said the, Oh, I almost said the monster name. See if we program the thing, you can say, Meh. um, yeah. So we introduced the skeleton this past week, mm-hmm. um, which was, Radically different from Siren, um, totally different monster, totally totally different issue. Um, this series is about what's lurking in the church, and so these are things, uh, dark things that could be present in in any given church on any given Sunday. And uh, so we talked about, you know, what are some monsters, you know, that could potentially be lurking in the church. And of course, we that's just a creative, you know, illustrative thing we do. There's not actual skeletons walking around our church. No. Um, but spiritually speaking, there are some people that are really lacking meat on the bones, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what this one was about, you know, uh, Christians or people that attend church that have no spiritual depth or maturity. Mm. Or maybe they once had it, but it wasted away, you know? What do you mean wasted away? Well, I mean, um, it's almost like that that verse that Paul talks about, man, you were running such a good race, who cut in on you. Mm. Um, that concept of at one point in time in your life, you were all in pursuing a relationship with Jesus and, and, and growing and um, putting roots down in your faith. And then, you know, at some point in time, you started kind of, fading and falling back a little bit and next thing you know maybe you're not going to church anymore and maybe you don't believe in God anymore or don't trust him anymore and um, and it could be people too that are in the church that once used to serve all the time and were involved in life groups and in the whole life of the church and just really pulled back and sometimes we pull back for seasons right like when you first yes. got pregnant with Julia you, you had to pull back uh, that was a season you went through but I'm not talking about like a seasonal deal I'm talking about like you look back and you once really pursued Jesus and you're just not anymore. Of course, we were in youth ministry for 20 years or so. And so we, when we look on our Facebook and Instagram and you know other socials, we have teenagers now that used to be all in with Jesus and some of them are all out with Jesus, right? And I would say that's a good example of maybe somebody that their faith kind of wasted away a little bit and the nutrition and the substance that they that they took um, when they were teenagers has kind of faded away a little bit. But at the same time, I will say this, the Bible says <clears throat> that it, that the Bible does not return void. Yeah. And I love that. So no matter how much you're wasting away, you know, in your faith, if you're, if you've really pulled back from God, the word of God does not return void, which yes. is why as a youth pastor for 20 years, I always said the most important thing for me to do is to get as much Bible and students as I can. And that's carried over to even now as us leading this church. The most important thing we can do is get the Bible into people and preach the Bible. It's more important than really anything else, in my opinion, because that's that's what keeps us, you know, um, 
on, you know, on, on track. Yeah. Yeah, because if everything's all emotional and there's no depth to it, you know, when our faith gets tested, or challenged, which it will be challenged, right? We're humans. Um, if we haven't gone deep, we have nothing to pull from. If we're if we don't have roots in our faith, like we have nothing to to pull from. That's why for 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 me, I f find it extremely important um, to read scripture daily. And I don't mean I don't mean read <coughs> scripture daily as a routine, right? Because there's a lot of people that know the Bible and they just it, they do it just. They, they need to read the Bible. That, that's not what I'm talking about. Like I, I take time to sit in the word and then let it penetrate my heart. Not because I'm trying to uh, be somebody or try, I'm not trying to outperform somebody or I'm not trying to be the person in the room that's like, well, yeah, I did my devos, you know, seven times this week. It's not about that. It's because... I know I will be challenged in life, right? You could agree with that. Like you've been challenged in your life that I need to be able to pull from the, from the truth, right? And a, a skeleton, if we become a, a skeleton, spiritually speaking, there's really nothing to pull from, right? Right. There's really nothing to pull from. And you were talking about that on, on Sunday. Um, and you were talking about the importance of consuming Jesus daily. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to consume Jesus daily? Because that kind of sounds weird too. Like consume Jesus daily. Well, there's a couple things there. One, the, the first point was about eating that um, bread of life, which is Jesus. And in the sermon, I talked about how that that's a one-time deal. Right, that's a decision you mm -hmm. make one time to eat yeah. the bread of life. It, can you just break that down, bread of life? Yeah, Jesus calls himself the bread of life, and then, and then the text when he refers to himself as that, he he talks about how the the Greek word that they use there and the tense is so important because it talks about you know you, it's a one time eating thing. Yeah. It's not like it's like, hey, have you have you eaten this yet? As opposed to you ever eat. Yeah, Do you see the difference. And so when it talked about this bread of life in the scripture, it was, it's a one-time deal. So what it's basically saying is it's, it's that decision to follow Jesus. It's that decision to make, you know, that uh, yes or no, are you in or out? Are you going to follow me? And if so, then you're spiritually partaking the bread of life. It was, it was actually interesting when I was reading it because I, I, I don't even know if I really fully understood all of that even before I studied the sermon, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Um, but the, the daily thing comes more into, I think, consuming the Word of God. And the, the second point was, um, the, thing, well, the second thing we should be eating is um, obedience mm. and doing God's work, that what, what He's asked us to do. And when you think about it, people that are involved in the life of the church, right, so often are way more connected than other people to the church, obviously, and they have ac better access to leaders, to pastors, um, to friends, you know, that are pursuing Jesus in a like wise manner. Um, so that's why I think 
obedience is so important because it's it's just part of the calling that God has for you. Mm. You're not just living aimlessly, but you wake up, okay, what's my mission today? Yeah. You know? Uh, I remember in the, the old cartoon Animaniacs, right? It was the, uh, oh gosh, I, remember, I forget their, their names. But, um, you know, you have... Um, the two, the two animaniacs every night that would say, what are we going to do today, Pinky? It was Pinky in the brain? Is that what it is? What are we going to do today, you know, Pinky? I don't know, brain. What are we going to do? We're going to take over the world, right? <laughs> so every, every day it was like, how do we take over the world? Um, and I think as Christians, we also have a mission. Like, what are we going to do today? You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to advance this kingdom. What does that look like? And that's living on, on mission. That's living in, on purpose. That's living in obedience. And I believe that's something that as believers we should be feasting on. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Um, it also takes maturity to get to that point, right? You have to start somewhere. Right. And you said we start by making that decision. Right. Because that decision is so important. And I say this all the time. If we do not have Jesus, I mean, where do we go from there? Everything is. Right. Starts and ends with Jesus, right? Right, that's why it's that, that decision to eat that daily, not daily, I'm sorry, to the daily bread's different. To eat the bread of life. Yeah. Eat the bread of life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've uh, personally seen the fruit in my life being obedient to what God has called me to do. Right. And I mean, even in the little things. Because sometimes when people talk about you know, I'm being obedient to the Lord to go and move my family across the country. No, but sometimes he's like, hey, I just need you to be obedient. Can you wake up today or tomorrow morning at seven o'clock? And can you meet with me? Right. Right. It's little things. Or um, like for me personally, the Lord has asked me when he has asked me to do big things, like to obey in big things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was he was so gentle with me. It wasn't a surprise. Like, what do you mean? It was little things that I was obedient to or even disobedient to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that helped me grow in maturity to get to the place that I'm, I am now where the Lord asked me to do something. Um, I'm good, yeah. you know, right. comfortable. I am. I just have a man's voice behind me talking right now. I think he's like on a cell phone or something. Is he? Do you want me to say something to him? This is the joys of podcasting in the city, baby. I don't hear him. Do you hear him, Renee? I don't hear him. Knock at the window. Homie, we're talking about Jesus nah, we're right good, now. we're good. Um, well, it's the yeah. little decisions. It's the obedience, the little decisions that make it easier to have obedience in more of a medium-sized decision, right? Yeah. And so that that's what it's all about. So it's, you know, I... <clears throat> I remember um, hearing someone talk about the, a, a child, right? And saying, you know, when you say, you know, you're grounded this Friday night, you can't go out. And it seems like their world is ending. Like, what do you mean? I can't go out. All my friends are doing this. And, you know, and as an adult, you're like, you'll be fine. It's just one night. You, you, you put this on yourself, right? It's just, it, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? Um, but to the teenager, it's a massive yeah. deal, right? And I think I think in the same way you can kind of see that with believers. Like, I don't have a problem waking up on Sunday morning and going to church. That's not a thing I wrestle with. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but for some families, some people, that's a massive win. You know, for them, like they, I got up. You know, I had a hard week. I got up. I got the kids ready. I got the kids dressed. You know, we're, we're in the car. We made it. We're here. 
Um, and that's a major victory for them. I can look down on that and be like, that's that's your level of obedience, just showing up to church. Yeah, that's good. But for them, it is. For them, it's it's a big deal. Like I'm 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 here now. You can't stay there as a Christian. Ding <laughs> you know? dong. Yep. As you as you grow and mature in your faith, um, your big Christian win for the week can't be I made it to church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, what's the next thing? You know, did you, did you pray for anybody in your workplace? Did you have you been consistent in reading your Bible this week? Have you, you know, talked about Jesus to someone that maybe that doesn't know Jesus? Have you, uh, you know, done something that maybe God's put on your heart to do? Because the longer you're with Jesus, obviously, the more you can know the shepherd's voice and he'll yes. ask you to do different things. Um, so I think obedience kind of changes a little bit as far as what we're being obedient to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and and we need to respect that for each person. Um, there may be someone sitting in you know the church that's ready to like step up and pursue their journey to go be a pastor, right? But then there might be somebody that's ready to stop just sitting in the same seat every week mm. and like, hey, I can be a greeter once a month, you know? Mm. And it's a step towards, you know, where you're heading. But obedience is important. And I think um, anytime you're just taking up space and not really doing a whole lot and not, not really, you know, carrying your weight and, 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 and you're just sort of there, um, it's like, it seems like every family member has a, a person or two in their family at Thanksgiving like that, right? That's just... <laughs> They don't really contribute a whole lot, <laughs> you know. They eat, they they do this, they do that. They don't they don't bring much to the table, and but they always kind of got something to say, you know. I feel like churches have people like that as well. Um, so it's like, what is that obedience you need to step up to? What's your next step of obedience? Does it make sense? Absolutely. What it sounds like with the obedience part, but you did mention, you know, people that just come, and it is like a form of consumer Christianity as well. Right. Like, give me, serve me. Um, let me take. Yeah, I don't think, and I'll, I'll be careful with this, and, 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 and our listeners can do, it, do with this what they want, but <laughs> I don't see how you can m- remain a Christian if you never step into God's mission and calling for your life. Mm. Like, I get it, right? It's like, so the Bible even talks about babies and infants, spiritually yeah. speaking. You know, you're living on milk and that kind of a deal. And that's fine. You should be. You know, you're trying to figure things out. We have people in our church right now that are young in their faith. Now, young in their faith, they might be 18 or they might be 68. But yeah. Either way, they're young in their faith and there's a lot of grace there. There's a lot of, okay, you're learning this thing. You're learning about Jesus. You're learning to discern his voice. And you're learning to go from being very selfish and comfortable to being very, you know, uh, not selfish and, and and not always comfortable and that there's so there's a growth that happens there and there's a lot of grace there but man there are people that have been sitting in a church for 40 years that are still just takers mm. and they're not living on mission and and I that's why I believe in that in that message and I don't have the verse in front of me but it talks about how obedience is something that Jesus lived on you know, that's what it was. It was the woman with at the well deal when <clears throat> the disciples went to get him food. They came back and they brought him food. And he's like, oh, I have a nourishment that you know nothing about. Mm. <laughs> and the disciples, what are you talking about? Like, we just brought you food. There's no way you're not hungry. And he's like, he's like, no, my, my nutrition is, is really to do the will of God, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think as believers, we need to see that. Like our nutrition, part of, part of our nutrition, part of our food, our spiritual food to keep us from being a skeleton, but to add muscle and you know, strength and health 
It's to do the will of God. Yeah. Now, the will of God, and I talked about this in a sermon, there's there's a couple of different types, right? There's that kind of individual and, and corporate. Um, there are some things all believers are supposed to do. You know, I, I don't believe anybody should ever just become super wealthy and say, well, my gift to the church is just to fund it, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'll sit on the back row, and I'll fund the church. Well, yeah, funding the church, if you're wealthy, is very important. You need to be doing that. But yes. That doesn't mean you can't greet people. That doesn't mean you can't serve at a homeless shelter if that's what we're going to do on a Saturday. That, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's 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 there's individual and corporate things, and the individual things are what are you individually gifted and skilled and passionate about that can be used in the church. And, and so for I use the story of Miss Harvell from you know from Palm Beach. Yes, this older Jamaican lady that man, she's just the sweetest, most incredible, lovely woman. And she showed up every Friday to clean the sanctuary, to yes. prepare the sanctuary for God's people to have service. And yes. she vacuumed and wiped things down and made sure all the prayer cards and offering envelopes were you know, organized yes. and nice and neat. And she did this faithfully every single Friday. Without asking for a stipend? No. With, this with is... a, Pastor, can I get time with you? I, I, have, I do this every Friday. Can I have more time with you? No, she wasn't a taker. It she was a giver. Yep. But that was her mission, and that was her individual capability, right? Remember, remember, in, in Scripture, it talks about the widow's offering. The widow kind of drops a coin in there, or whatever, and you know, the Pharisees like, "Oh, that's all she's got." Well, yeah, no, that's what she can bring, you know. So, financially speaking, some people only can bring so much. You yeah. know, ten percent of a hundred dollars a week isn't a whole wasn't a whole lot to bring to the Lord, right? Um, and some, in many people's eyes, but like, if you only make a hundred bucks a week and you're going to be faithful and bringing a tithe to the Lord. That's a lot. Yes. But what else can you bring? You know, are you are you a baker? Some people are just, they're incredible bakers. And you know what? I can whip together something. There's a ladies night coming up. Can I just, can I do some like little mini, you know, cupcakes or be a little blessing for the women or whatever skill set you have. So that's that individual calling, individual mission, um, you know, and for different people, it's different things. I talked about um, some of the people I had in Virginia when I was up there as a youth pastor. We were at a large church. And I had four or five people on speed dial that were like, hey, if you have kids that cannot afford a you know, ticket to youth retreat or whatever, just let me know. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Sometimes that list was 15, 20 kids. And it's it's a $100, $200 you know, trip. And there were guys I'd call like, okay, I, I'll write the check. you know, And they'll just drop off a $3,500 check so these kids that don't have that money can go. That was part of their calling. Yeah. And it was never, it was always anonymous. It was never like, let people know what I'm doing. Um, and a lot of times it was even like cash because they didn't want their name associated with a check or a digital payment. You know what I mean? Yes. Because um, they just wanted, the only people they wanted to know was me and God, right? Um, so what are those individual giftings you have that you can bring? You know, there's painters. There's uh, We got a guy that goes to the church. Um, I won't mention his name, but um, he came up to me the other day and he's just like, pastor, whatever the church needs. You know, Now we don't have a building, but this guy's an electrician and can do other things. Yeah. He can paint, he can do other things. He's like, whatever the church needs, let me know. You know, he owns a company. He's got a couple guys that work for him. And that was that's going to be his way to bring his gifting and his skill set, you know, to, to be on mission with God. Um, but then there's the corporate things, you know, like the local church has to happen. Um, yes. You can't do all your serving at the local pregnancy crisis center. We need serving at the church on Sunday morning, you know, and, and, and I meet a lot of people, not a lot, but I meet some, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to help, but I just can't help on Sundays, you yeah. know, and it's like, well, why can't you help on Sundays? You can't, yeah. you can't get your 15 minutes earlier and 
just hang out at the door once every six weeks, you know? So there's those corporate things that corporate missions and callings and obedience, you know, that's just so, so vital. And some people are introverted and would rather kind of hang out in the back. I'll make coffee in the back or whatever it is. Um, but, but everybody is needed to pull off the local church. A hundred percent. Anyway, I've said a lot there. No, I, you keep talking. That's, that's good stuff. Um, I do. I have been struggling with a cough for a few weeks. So yes, I'm trying yeah. my hardest not to cough, and I sound a little probably stuffy. But if you cough, if you hear a cough, show him grace, guys. Okay, he'll do it off mic. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the local church and how everyone is needed. Um, unfortunately, there's lots of variables that go with this, but um, you know, it has been a struggle at times to. Um, get people to come to church early or serve or whatever the case may be. And it's a struggle because sometimes people think either one, well, they've got it. They don't need me. Everything looks really good. Right. It smells good in here. It's clean. You know, coffee's pumping. They don't need me. Uh, or uh, I don't, I don't, the, the church is here to serve me and my family, and I work really hard during the week. Yeah, that's a mentality. And that's, I understand the working hard, and absolutely. Uh, but I can't imagine me not serving. Yeah. I mean, I love the Lord, and Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Mm -hmm. Right? And I want my life to look like Jesus. I want my life to look like Jesus. And so if we are Christians and as we are growing our spiritual muscles and we are putting meat in our bones, I agree with that statement. I don't I don't know how deep we are as sons and daughters if we are not serving, putting in the work. I also hear people that could say, well, the church has always wanted something from me ever since I was a little child. The church has always taken or the church has always wanted something from my parents. And so now I'm going to raise my my kids and we're going to do our own thing. We're going to come on a Sunday and then we're going to leave. What do you say to those people that legitimately feel like the church has has robbed them and taken from them? Yeah, I think there's a there's that's a very complex question because the reality is there are probably more churches than not that do take advantage of what people are giving. Right. Yes. Um, churches that only have one drummer. Oh, we got our drummer. He's good. He's, he's good. Isn't he? He's really good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, but we need five drummers. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need at least two or three. Right. So that this guy can go on vacation and then this guy goes on vacation like, well, I guess we don't have a drummer this week, you know, but have fun and you know, Cancun and, We'll, we'll manage. We'll, we'll, we'll just do an acoustic set. We'll be fine. Like, so they make you feel this like guilt trip, you know? So <sighs> I think there is some of that, especially in smaller churches where, you know, we can make people feel extremely guilty for getting away with their family for a week or, you know, I, I mean, even should people even be serving every week? Yeah. Can't you just, can't people just show up? If, if your church starts at 1030, can't you just show up at 1030 a couple times a month and just go to church with your family and sit with your husband or wife and take in a sermon together and go out yeah. to lunch and just not have to do. Yeah. The lay you know? leaders. Yeah. 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 Um, staff is a little bit more tricky. It's different. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and so that's that's the situation we're in right now because what we're doing, this church plan thing, setting up and tearing down every week is hard work. So yeah. getting people to sign up to do that is not always easy. But um, going back to the question you were asking, so I do think there's some realities there, you know, where, where, where churches can really take advantage. You know, we, we, um, we had a guy that stopped by our church once and liked it, and he, he came back again. Um, and he went and told um, one of our guys here at the church, he's just been looking for churches, and it seems like every church he goes to, all they want is for him to serve. Mm. The guy can sing, he can play guitar, he can do a bunch of different things. And he says, just such a turnoff. As soon as I walk into a church, they're just asking me to serve, you yeah. know? And he says, I just, I'm just i in a season of life where I'm hurt. He actually went to go church plant uh, with somebody, and I think there was like a moral failure or something. And so he left everything behind, moved 800 miles away, and experienced all that. And then it was rough, and then he went back to the church he kind of sort of came out of. And the very first, very first thing was, oh, man, can you, can you lead worship next week? Because he's really good at it. And he's just like... No, I I need a season to sit and um, to get healthy and to get rest and to figure out what just happened to my life and there's a yeah. very significant you know implosion that took place and um, so this guy was saying he was talking to one of our people that everywhere he went people were trying to get him to serve well he just happened to come on one of the Sundays where <laughs> occasionally you know I'm like hey guys we need to step up and. We need some help. So he just, he just happened to come on one of those Sundays. So I guess his assumption of our church was, oh, we're doing the same thing, get, trying to get everybody just to work, which we don't. But it's that fine line between, well, if if we don't have healthy helpers, we can't have church. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to burn people out. Um, I will also say there are people, though, that can serve the church in a season that um, – is helpful to them. A good example of that would be um, your kids in kids' church and you want to be a kids' leader, right? Your kids in youth group and you want to be a, a youth group leader, right? And so you'll talk about how much serving you do, how much serving you do, how much serving you do. But the reality is, is you just want to be, be close to your kid, <laughs> you know? Mm. And as soon as your kid graduates, you know, high school, you're not serving in youth anymore. So yeah. wait, what happened? Did you have a passion for teenagers all those years or a passion just to be near your kid? Yeah. Right? And so I've got some people in my life that I know that I was just, I had a conversation with them and it was just so frustrating to hear them speak. Uh, they served as youth leaders kind of all throughout their teenagers' lives, you know? And then as soon as their teenagers went off to college, they don't even go to church anymore. They're just like, oh no, we don't, we don't need the, the body anymore and everything the, the church offers we can get in our little group of friends and everything. And I thought... Is that not the most selfish, self-centered thing I've ever heard in my life? You're mm. you're in an emptiness season, and you're in a season where you could do so much good for the church. You don't have to worry about running little Bobby around the baseball practice anymore. Like you can just go and serve. And man, walk up to the pastor, put youth pastor, put your arm around him. How can I pray for you? Oh. Whisper in his ear or hurry. Yes. Like, hey, you're doing a great job. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm proud of you. Yes. You know. Um, and, and so it's, so that to me just gets really frustrating that a lot of people that are like serving, uh, oftentimes they're, they're, it's interesting to hear their motive. Mm. Um, but when you really eat the nutrition of obedience and being on call and being on mission and living on God's purpose, there's nothing like it. There's really not. Yeah. And I believe that adds a lot of meat to someone's spiritual bones. Yes. 
I am. I was gonna say a chunky Christian. <laughs> I guess a, I consider myself to have meat on my bones, man. Um, and like I said before, it, it took a lot of, okay, Lord, what do you need me to do? Now I'm gonna tell you something. There were things that he asked me to do, Kevin, that I fought him on because I didn't find value in it. Right. But he found value in it. And so I would challenge him or, are you sure God? Because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it really, at the end of it was, I, don't, I didn't find value in the thing that he was telling me to do. Because sometimes um, we get real messy and we think that doing things for the Lord that has value are these big things like preaching the word of God and uh, what, singing on a worship team, leading small groups, being a teacher, a preacher, a missionary, going to another country. Sure. But you just said something, man, if someone can just be on mission to put their hand around the youth pastor and say, Hey, I'm in an, I'm 60 years old now. You're 25. I know some things and I know how to pray. I want to tell you, son, I want to tell you, daughter, you're doing such a great job. Is there anything that I can bless you with this week? Is there anything that I can pray for you um, for this week? We didn't get a lot of that, you know, a lot of that wasn't like a common thing, like great job, great job, you did, uh, which is fine. I think we didn't ask for it. We either. didn't ask for it. And I think some, some youth pastors asked for it quite a bit. Some youth pastors ask for it, and it's not legitimately asking for it, but they present themselves and position themselves to get validation from people. Right. And if they get the validation, then there's value in their position. If they don't get the validation, well, what's wrong with me? Right. You know, it's sometimes when the Lord has asked me to do something and I have not found value in it because it's my flesh and just me being human, it was the thing. <clears throat> that produced the most fruit because my yes turned into something greater. And Kevin, it wasn't about me. Right. It usually ended up about someone else. Right. Or me serving someone else or me being a blessing to someone else. Uh, so that I'm, I'm glad that you, you brought that up. Yeah. I don't think this, Christianity thing is all that complicated. <laughs> I think you do those. You, you do you do the three things I talked about this week, right? You you incorporate those three things, which is the first one is making a decision to follow Jesus, right? Yes. It starts there. Yes, you know, being confessing with your mouth, you know, that Jesus is Lord, and I'm I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for Him, right? That's number one. Yeah. Um, and then those other two things, you know, really uh, being obedient to what God has for you to do, which you learn most of that through Scripture which is the third point, which I haven't talked much about today, but it's just knowing God's word, studying God's word, not just jumping in and finding some verse out of nowhere, out of context, but yes. understanding how to read God's word. And so if you can have a really deep understanding of God's word, and I say really deep, but I mean at least somewhat deep. And that, for some yeah. people that sounds overwhelming, but it's not. No, I mean, some, not. some of you guys went to, went to, you know, five years of college, six years of college, got your master's, like if you can do that, you can, you can learn how to read scripture properly. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I think, you know, make that decision to follow Jesus, be in obedience, be on mission and know your Bible. Like those three things are huge to 
putting meat on your bones. Yes. Now you mix that with getting under some good leadership at a church um, that you can trust. Um, because sometimes as Christians, man, we, we so blindly trust God that we assume we can just blindly trust the leadership that's, you know, at the church that we're attending or whatever. And, and you have little red flags along the way, but you kind of ignore those because you just think it's, oh, it's okay. This is where God has me or whatever. But yeah. man, get yourself under some leadership that is, you know, that's not a, a person that's not a narcissist, uh, someone who's got some depth, someone who's got, you know, uh, a desire to see people come to know Jesus. I've always said, when you go to a church, you know, a couple questions to ask is, how's your kids' ministry? Mm. Is, it, is it safe? Is it clean? Are there, are there kids attending? How are the, the leaders? Um, do you support missions? Is that a thing for you? Are you supporting missionaries around the world? And talk to me about water baptisms. How many, yeah. bapti- how many people have you baptized? You know, what percentage of your church has been baptized or whatever? What, what, how many people, when you do water baptism, is it just like one 12-year-old you're baptizing every every time or or at all? There are churches around here. We know. Man, I visited a church the other day, the other day, at the beginning of the year, and the guy gave me a tour of his facility, and there were dead palmetto bugs at the bottom of his baptism tank and like a little coat of dust. You know, so like when's the last time you baptize somebody mm-hmm. in your church? You haven't. You know, I another church uh, close by, you know, they haven't had a child or, or in their church in years, not prepared for children. To, when a family shows up with children, they don't know what to do. You know, so um, I think getting yourself into some healthy leadership, you know, uh, healthy pastors um, that you can really learn and grow with um, people that are humble, people that care about the lost coming to know Jesus. I mean, you, you do that and then you get into the life of the church by making that decision to follow Jesus, being obedient to the calling and mission he's put you on. Um, and knowing his word, my goodness, j- join a life group and forget about it. Like, yes. So people like that to me are the people that do really well in their faith. They're the ones that end up having you know, better marriages oftentimes because mm-hmm. they have access to leaders. Like I don't have to wait six weeks to sign up for some class or, Hey, the pastor's free to talk to me in three weeks. No, I'm serving. I'm here. I'm, I'm already rubbing elbows with pastors, you know, Hey man, I had a fight with my wife last night and she wants to leave. Can you help me like right now? Yes. You know, you tend to have, when you're, when you're around people, you have access. It's that when I played basketball and the coach sat, you know, here, I didn't sit all the way down the line. I want to be near the coach. I want I want to rub elbows with the coach so that when, you know, somebody's in the game not doing well, he looks down the line, I'm right there. I'm the first one he sees. You know, there's that access. There's something about having access to people and and being in life groups and living on mission and you know, being a part of the body of the church gives you access to to people. Um so I just I just think it's not complicated, you know, just step up and and do and be. Yeah, we're going to talk about the your third point, which is knowing your word, right? But Let's press pause on that for a second. You said um, that you or we as a body should get under healthy leadership, stay away from narcissist leaders and bad theology and you know so on and so forth. This is why a series like Monster exists. The whole thing is expose us, right? Not expose the person that is in leadership. Expose me, God. Because as you expose me, I get healthy, I grow in my faith, I develop spiritual muscles, I get spiritual, spiritually fat, <laughs> you know, I put some fat on my bones. It's so important 
to be on a journey of healing because you, if you are a broken person and we want broken people in the church, right? But if you enjoy brokenness and you just want to stay there, you're not going to be able to recognize a narcissist preaching. You're not going to be able to recognize bad theology. You're not going to be able to recognize poor leadership or people taking advantage of you until it's too late because all you know is pain. All you know is so, you know, monster exists for this reason. Like, Show us, Lord, what's inside of us. Because as we grow, I'm able to see what is not healthy in my life and what is not healthy <clears throat> around me. If I don't grow, it's going to be hard for me to, to, to see what is unhealthy, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess if you're only around dysfunction, do you know what? function looks like absolutely well you know sick attracts sick we've said this before sick attracts sick right i know a lot of people in leadership i have been in ministry for over two decades i have seen extremely unhealthy leaders pastors that their congregations i have sat in their congregations for many years it's like wow this we are really a bunch of unhealthy people and no one is recognizing the fact that the pastor himself is not healthy. Right. So your boy, your boy, John, my boy, John dropped one on me yesterday. We were talking. Um, he called me like nine o'clock last night on a Wednesday and it turned into like a half hour, 40 minute conversation. But he was, we were just talking about, you know, kind of what a success looked like. Cause him and I were in a similar situation. Well, we're in a similar, similar situation. He didn't plan a church, but he took on a smaller church that's trying to grow. And, um, and we were just talking about different things and kind of what is success and all these things. And, um, you know, in a year and a half from now, you know, what do you want things to look like? And five years from now, all those kinds of, you know, the, the, the kind of conversation. And he goes, you know what? I, I don't want to hear that healthy things grow anymore because mm. unhealthy things grow too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They grow into monsters. Right. And so there are plenty of churches that are out there that are big, large churches that seem very healthy, but at the end of the day, it's kind of unhealthy because unhealthy things grow too. Yes. You don't take care of a cancer in your body. It's going to grow yes. and, and eventually cause a lot of harm. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I thought that was kind of insightful kind of to what you were saying a second ago. Well, if we gauge the size of the church, like this church has 800 people. This is a healthy church. Well, hold, press pause. Renee and I were just talking about this. Uh, was it yesterday? I can't remember. Yesterday, yes, at uh, Epcot. It was a beautiful day at Epcot. You went we're, to Epcot. And we were, we were eating some Mediterranean food. I don't even know. Something, yeah. Yeah, that got me later. <laughs> Mediterranean food. I was like, oh, got a little heartburn. Um, it was really good, but what was the name of the restaurant, actually? Spice Road. Spice Road. So if you're in Epcot, it's like kind of, you pass it. It's not something that you look at. I've passed it a hundred times. Anyway. Is the food and wine festival still going on? Yeah, it was, that's, we had a couple things. We had a pork, a Kahlua. I had a Kahlua pork something and she had, I forgot to tell you this. Mm. We're totally off subject, but that's okay. I don't care. A spam sushi roll. Nope. <laughs> I have pictures to prove it. 
There are two uh, types of go. spam in the world, and both are bad. One calls my cell phone, and one <laughs> sits on a shelf at Publix, and neither <sighs> are good. And I apologize to all my Hawaiian friends and Puerto Rican friends and everyone else who looks at that as such a delicacy. You can have it. If you only have $5 to feed your daggone family for the week, you're hitting that spam can. Uh, I will get a box of saltine crackers. <laughs> that actually went up in, in price. I went Everything's to get in price. Spam's probably $10.95 a can now. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that John pointed that out because I actually heard someone say that authentic church, they skipped authentic church, which is the church that we pastor at because it was so small. Mm. They weren't saying it like, you know, I skipped because it was just, right. oh, I, I didn't look at you as a choice. <laughs> all right. And because you, you guys uh, were a starter church right. and like you didn't have all the things. Right. For sure. We were talking about this yesterday, how just because something is small does not mean that it's not healthy. Right. right? And just like John said. At Authentic Church, we started, the Lord was very clear. I am going to put a foundation down that is going to be solid. I'm going to put roots down that are going to be solid. Right. I am going to build this church slowly. Right. And the Lord gave me a vision. And if you have, if you've known me since I've planted this church, you've heard this. The Lord gave me in a vision of two doors, wood doors, with two massive doorknobs. Mm -hmm. And in that vision, the door was kind of open just a little bit, just enough for one person to kind of, you know, squeeze in. Mm -hmm. And I was just seeing people squeeze in one by one. And it was a little frustrating because it was like, you know, we're going to, we need to fill this church. We need to fill this church. Absolutely. But the Lord was saying, this slow growth here is going to be what sustains you right. for a very long time. Right. So just because you have 20 people in the building doesn't mean that this thing is dying. Right. Now, 30 years down the road, we're 20 people not baptizing. There's no choice. Right. I think we need to, we need to take a look mm -hmm. at like, yeah, we're dead. <laughs> right. You, I mean, you mentioned that. So, okay, I do want to talk about um, your last point. <clears throat> you want some water? I I'm okay. You good? Water doesn't really help. No? No. I don't have anything else. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Church plant starting out small. We don't have a lot. I got Advil. Sorry. You have Advil? We do have Advil. I'll get some after service. Okay. 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 Um, I have some... I <laughs> Did you say after service? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I had three questions that I wrote down here. One uh, was, what are some spiritual disciplines we can practice in order to get us healthy spiritually? Yeah, I think we've answered well, a lot of that already. One of them was the word, right? Mm -hmm. Getting to know, uh, g digging into the word, right? Um, but how can someone develop a habit of getting into the word? Like how can someone develop that habit? Something, let's, let's talk practical here. Mm -hmm. Because we hear churches all the time, you know, get into your word, read your word. Okay. Give yeah. me some practical things. How do I start? Yeah. I, I mean, there's obviously some books that are a little easier to read, you know, that are, you can jump kind of right into. The gospels tend to be that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the book of Acts. 
Um, but there are so many tools this day and age to help people, you know, read the read the Bible. Um, there's uh, there's that book, is it Cordon Fee? How to read the Bible for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, just read that book. Just read that book. <laughs> just start there. You know, it'll start to help you understand. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously, people go to school for years to learn theology. So it is. It is. There's some that takes a long time to get there. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do just read the Bible, um, and then don't go any further. You know, deep into it. I, I was on a phone call uh, today with an old, old student of ours, and um, you know, we kind of we're talking about different things. And we kind of got on a subject really of men and men and women. Um, he's a single guy. He's in his thirties, and he's just you know just processing a lot of that, what that looks like, and. Um, talked about relationships, you know, kind of a man kind of takes the lead and, you know, should take a lead in relationship. And I kind of talked him through a lot of that and what that can kind of look like and that concept of mutual submission. But then he kind of mentioned, just grabbed Paul's words and just said, well, yeah, well, and, and women really aren't supposed to be pastors, right? I mean, isn't that what Paul told us? And it's just like, yeah, if you just read just a few verses completely, totally ripped out of context and not understand what was actually happening in that church that Paul talked about that, and I think that's where so many Christians are. Mm. You know, it's just that it's that verse from Jeremiah that we write on all the birthday cards, or it's that concept that God will never give you something more than you can handle. Yeah, He does. <laughs> you know, and so a lot, so so a lot of people just read the Bible and just grab a hold of these verses and then use them as you know doctrine and theology. Well, well that's no. You have to be able to learn how to start to dig. Yes. What was the culture like? Was it a male patriarch? dominated culture now that Paul was talking to, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so you have to learn how to, and that just takes time, you know, yeah. but how to just jump in and start reading your Bible. First of all, I'd get a Bible and I, I would order one of these books to talk to your pastor, um, have him recommend something. There's also which, which translation should I, should I read? You know, yeah. um, there's a book all about that, you know, how, uh, navigating, choosing a translation because some of them are much more closer to the original Hebrew and Greek language than others. Yeah. Those don't tend to read as nicely, you know, in English, because you're trying to get more of a direct, you know, translation. Um, but you got to start and you got to do it and, 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 and if, try to do it every day. Um, even if you're just reading a little bit at a day at a time, you know, it's like, what else in this world do we find ourselves kind of all in on and we don't know about? Mm. I can jump on the phone after this podcast with my friend Casey and talk Eagles football because it's, I'm, I love it. I'm passionate about it. I know it. You know what I mean? Like yes. I know about the players. I know who's going to be in this week and who's going to be out this week. I know that they play the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night at you know, 8.20 p.m. or whatever the time is there. I, I, I'm, I'm watching it. I, I understand it. You know, we, we talked, I got, you know, we start the conversation today. I got a little nerdy with some of the Star Wars stuff. I'm, I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. I don't, I don't want to go to some Star Wars fan fest and I don't know who the characters are. Yeah. And so I think, why is it with Christianity that there's so many people that come to church that just, they don't know their Bibles? Why do you want to be a part of something and not learn about it? They want to, those kind of people want the benefits of God, but they don't want to put the work into that relationship because it's... Um, yeah, I'm not even talking about the work of the relationship. Yes, there's absolutely that side of it. But I'm talking about just the knowledge and understanding. Just just yeah. literally just knowledge and understanding. Like yeah. if you go to church on a Sunday morning and you've been going six months and you got to know who Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are, like you need to know that. You need to know who Moses is. You, you need to know 
some about King David. Maybe not everything, but you, when I say King David, like your brain should go somewhere. Yeah. You know, either awesome hero who delete, you know, defeated Goliath or disgusting guy who was peeping at a woman who was, you know, sunbathing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you should have something there. I mean, you should start to learn and start to understand and start to consume, right? I mean, yeah, and and we t- we put we posted this on our social media, and if you uh, you know follow the Authentic Church on Instagram at, at my authentic yeah, church. my authentic church on Instagram, we just posted some brief notes and some scriptures on your sermon from Sunday, uh, but those kind of people are not verse of the day people. They've graduated from verse of the day people. Absolutely. I'm not saying anything's wrong with verse of the day. I'm not. But when that's your only food for your entire walk with the Lord, you're going to miss context. You're going to miss, you're going to make comments like, wasn't it, Paul said this. Yes, but hold on, go deeper. Did you you look at the verse before that, the verse after that, and then, another book that connects that those two together, you know, um, verse of the day is, is great to start off. I started off with verse of the day. We didn't have Bible apps when I first came to know Jesus. There's no apps. There were no apps, but I had, um, actually a paper that, Mm -hmm. um, my Sunday school teachers would give me and it actually had a verse for five days. They miss Saturday and Sunday. I don't know. I guess take a break from the word on Saturday. I don't know. Um, but it was like Monday through Friday and it was a verse of the day. And so I started out I, with my relationship with the Lord doing a verse of the day. But as I fell in love with Jesus, as I wanted more, that means growing in my relationship with the Lord. I wasn't going to stay a baby anymore. I wasn't going to stay a toddler anymore. I wanted, to, I wanted more. So those verse of the day turned into, man, I'm reading books in the Bible. Right. Now I'm highlighting and I'm buying journals and I'm interested in the context of what's happening here because... <clears throat> not because I want to be the smartest person in the room. Some people want to be that, but because I want to know this God. Yeah. Verse of the day, uh, remind me of goldfish, you know, so vital and so important to a two and three year old. Give you that energy. They'll eat them. They're good. <laughs> they're tasty. Oh, gold, like the f- snack. Yeah. Okay. Like the snack. <laughs> um, but as an adult, I could go the rest of my life without having a goldfish. They're but disgusting. at the same time, well, no, the pretzel ones aren't bad. But at the same time, You're like right. if if my kids have a bag of goldfish for whatever reason, or I go in a closet and I'm starving, or you know, or if I just want like a little something, you know, I'll throw a handful of goldfish in my mouth. But I don't need those. Yeah. I could go the rest of my life never having them, <laughs> or I could pop them in. And I think the verse of the day is kind of similar. Mm. You know, I had um, the Bible app start sending me the verse of the day every day. I was like, let me give us a little whirl here. Let me get a little verse of the day as I wake up and as I peruse, you know, my phone and. Of course, the Bible then up then ended up sending me 30 things a day. So I turned it off, you know, but I got to the point where I stopped reading the verse of the day. It just, it wasn't helpful to me, you know, um, I, I'm in a place in life where I need to read the passage of the day, you know what I mean? Um, and how that connects to the passage I read yesterday and the passage I'm going to read tomorrow. I want to read the book of the month, you yeah. know, so I think that's the difference. And it's also reading not to just read and check off a list. Like I did my Bible reading, you know, today, but it's, it's reading it and positioning ourselves at the feet of Jesus and saying, Father, as I read your word, I pray that my heart is sensitive to what you're saying here. 
even if I have to wrestle with it, even if I have to wrestle with the things that you're saying, help me to be sensitive to your voice in this time. Yeah, I know for, for me, one of the things I've been wrestling with lately, I think I might have brought this up at our staff table the other day. I can't remember. Um, or maybe some conversation I had. But I, I remember when I was younger, I would read the scripture quite a bit to just sit down and just read it um, and find inspiration in it and, and, and hear what the Holy Spirit was saying. Um, but as I've gotten older, one of the things I've developed, which is, I guess is probably a, a bad thing, but it also has some good things, you know, um, there are so many great tools and commentaries and different things out there that if I'm going to do a personal study uh, on the Bible and read Ephesians, I have, I want my tools. Yeah. I want to know, like when Paul says, you know, don't do this. And well, why would he say that? What was that about? Was there, was that a problem in the local church that they had there? And, and then you can go back and read and paragraphs and pages of what the, you know, the church of Ephesus was going through or, you know what I mean? Yes. And so I, I find it's harder for me to just sit down and read the Bible for just reading the Bible's yeah. sake, for just listening to the Holy Spirit and and um which is important. We we need to be doing that as well. Yes, we do. But for me, I I, I just reached a point where I really I want to feast. You know, I feel like the commentaries that it pairs, it's like a, a wine and food pairing that just pairs so well together. It's a great dish, but man, try this wine with it. It's going to even kick it up the dish even th- more so. And I think that like there's good commentaries that are good pairings with scripture, you know? Yeah. Now, the problem with that can be you're reading from one guy's perspective. Thank you for saying that. Yes. You know, on, on what this text is saying. That's why it's good to have multiple commentaries. But but the history is the history. The culture is the culture, Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's when you get into somebody trying to tell you what the passage is saying, that, that can be a little weird, but, but when it mentions, you know, uh, the temple mount, you know, and you're able to like, there's a three or four pages you can read about the temple mount and it gives you a full understanding because there's a lot of cool things that happen in the Bible when you, when you really read it, like you'll, you'll have even certain cities, certain geographical regions or areas that, you know, Jesus did some amazing miracle, but if you really know the geography of the area, you know, you can go back in Scripture and realize, dude, 1,500 years prior to Jesus doing this miracle, like this miracle happened, this movement of God happened, and why would Jesus pick the same place to do that miracle that this happened 15, you know? And so that's why, to me, I just love having those tools at my side when I when I read the Bible. Absolutely. Tools are very important. I have them. Um, Holy Spirit, man is such an important thing to be with us as we read scripture. Absolutely. So important. And I invite the Holy Spirit in every time I open the word. Uh, And I say this, and I don't say, you know, speak to me, Lord, that I, what is it that you have for me? It's like, Lord, what do I need to do for you today? In your word, as I am going to open it, speak to me so that I could please you, so that I can honor you, not so I can be the best podcaster, the best preacher. Uh, I'm not going to just open my you know, Bible when I'm prepping for sermons. No, daily, Father, what is it that you're going to say in your word to me? I'm, I'm open to it, right? You know, sometimes I'm in this like, I'm not stuck. I actually like being here. It's, I'll set out to read a book, right? Okay, I've got a good hour here. Let me just read a book in the Bible. It sometimes I can't get past like three verses because I have 15 sticky notes. I've highlighted uh, 
a thousand other things. I've looked up definitions, uh, what this really meant in the original language. And I go down this, this path that is so intriguing to me and I enjoy it. And as I open my heart and my mind up to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to say to me, and as I'm digging into the word, he's revealing things to me, right? There are some people that hear this, that might be on this pod, that might listen to this podcast and might say, well, that's, that's, I, that's boring to me. I don't need to learn about a, an area or a body of water or, you know, a city that Jesus, I just want to love Jesus and, you know, serve him and do my thing. What do you say to people that actually find what we're saying right now stinking boring? Because it's not boring to me because I have grown into this season. Yeah, I would say it's much easier to catch a fish in a barrel than it is in the ocean. And so if you're only giving yourself so much water to swim in, so much depth, mm. you're easy to pick off. You know, I, there's That's not... good. Wait, the, hold on. Say that again. You're, you're easy to pick off. Yeah. That's really good. Most people that stop following <clears throat> Jesus, and I know a lot of them, most of them never really had a deep faith. It was always about the latest worship album that came out and cool artwork for this. And I mean, you name it. And, and most Christians that I know that just, you know, that are not Christians anymore have either renounced their faith or they just, it's not that it's not a priority in their life anymore. So they've kind of become that skeleton that we're talking about. M most of them, yeah, they never, they were never deep to begin with. Yeah they die a slow spiritual death. Yeah, and churches can be very similar. You know, there's a lot of very large churches with no depth. Mm -hmm. But they got cool stuff. But they got cool stuff, and the music's good, and the sound is cranking, and air conditioning feels good, and the lights and all that stuff. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. Hey, hold on. Don't come for me either because I said cool stuff. I literally grew up in churches like this that were phenomenal. Like, Oh, I love cool stuff. Like, I love cool stuff. Oh, no, this is not a shot on cool no, stuff. No, this is not a shot. Oh, I don't want someone to, like, come for me. Well, you're in a small church. No, no, no. I know what mega church is. I know how to do mega church. I know how to do cool, fancy. I know all that yeah, stuff. No, you, you need that stuff, no, you, I think. Yeah. No, there's there's times where you but, need but that. But sometimes you're, that can't be what you rely on. Absolutely. It, it, that's That just kind of makes the environment nicer for, for, for American people that are used to hitting a certain bar when they walk into the mall or, you know, a bar of excellence, I mean, yeah. you know. Um, so if you're in Winter Springs, like we are, which is a very nice little city um, where the average household income is, is, is over, you know, six figures. And so there's a certain bar that you, you have to hit of excellence. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. But I'm talking about when you rely on that stuff. You know, that's, that's the problem. Um, yeah, I, I, could, I could go on this uh, oops, so soapbox all day long. But I don't want to. Yeah. Um, I also gonna, have to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up. This Sunday, we we introduced the next monster. I'm pretty, I am, I say I'm pretty excited to, <laughs> to introduce the next monster. This is not like the easiest series to preach uh, for me. It, you know, digging into yucky spaces. And when I prep sermons, this is for me. I always ask the Lord to show me what's in me before I even dare try to tell someone else right. what's up, you know? So this, uh, this Sunday I'm preaching 
I'm excited about that. I I thoroughly enjoy preaching the word of God because I love the word of God. <laughs> I think um, I love Jesus, and so if I can give that to people, man, I love that. If I can give food to people this Sunday to go home, take in doggy bags home and eat. I'm, I'm excited about that. So um, if you want to listen to the full skeleton sermon from last week, you can go on our YouTube page, My Authentic Church YouTube. And that's also where you can find the podcast videos, our podcasts. Which you're recording every other week, you said. We're recording every other week, yeah. Nice. We already, yeah, we told, the, we told the peeps, in order for us to give you good content we need we need we need a minute because you know i do other things here uh also uh, you monster is four weeks in a row so we're doing it four weeks in a row right now Mm -hmm. after monster we're gonna do that every other week oh okay yeah so you're recording all of these monsters all of these monsters oh i did not realize to go with the sermon each week so, but for that next sermon series, isn't it romantic? The one about marriage? You're not supposed to say it out loud. That's no, it's good. It's now good, it's, it's out good. there. Yeah, it's out there. No, but the teasing is good. Yeah, we're the next sermon series is Isn't It Romantic? And it is a It's a marriage, marriage series. series. And we are gonna wrestle with some hard questions. Are we? Yes. I already wrote we already wrote them out. <laughs> All right, well stay tuned. Say goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people. Yes. I think it's lunchtime, so we're 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 gonna eat. Awesome. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening over on this end over here with the <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna try this again. Say goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people. I'm gonna go get some protein because I just had a shake this but thank you for coming on the pod. We'll invite you again. This is your second time. I enjoyed you. Thank you. Yeah. Give them a shout out in the comments. Give us a Yelp review, whatever the <laughs> case may be. Love you guys. <laughs>